episode 42 and uh today we're going to be talking about the upcoming movies for the year 2022 and uh, i hope you guys enjoy that episode um with me and my brother and then the one before that of the ranking right or the ranking yeah the ranking's already out yes ranking by now out. okay yes top 10s are out nope nope that's it's about to be out that's, tomorrow uh, yeah tonight but when, by the time this episode by the time you're hearing this it's already out yes so that was really confusing for a second. But anyways. We're uh, banking. That's the yeah, that's explanation. We're, we're banking. For the next couple of weeks, these are going to be pre-recorded. And yeah. We'll mention that in those episodes as well. But mm-hmm. uh, me and Rob are both going to be really busy. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there's going to be 2022 upcoming, upcoming movies. And I'm super excited because it seems like it's just going to be a better year. Like 2021 was a great year, but... Or a good year, but the uh, 2022 is going to be a great year yeah. in movies. As far as like my my taste and kind of the things I've been waiting for. I mean, it does, as far as like today and the news that I have, it's not everything I wish is coming out. Like as far as directors making movies, but for the most part, everybody that I want to make a movie is making a movie. So, and I made, I have a list of about like 20 something movies uh that i'm gonna mention but i did rank like the top 10 you know what i mean so i'm gonna go from 10 to 1 and i'll just name them off and then talk about them and then ask you guys about what you guys think so um i guess we should just get into it yeah so at number 10 i actually have halloween ends the third installment to the halloween trilogy and i think i when the trailer came out for halloween kills i told rob or I, I sent it to Brothers in a Brother group chat. I was like, anything that has to do with Michael Myers, I'm going to watch. Like, I'm going to go to the theaters and watch the movie. Because, so you can overcome your fear? <laughs> just because they're still, like, using, like, stylized horror. Like, it's still, like, paying homage to the original and shit. And it's, like, still synthy and mm-hmm. it looks old mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and everything. So I just love what they're doing now. And then... Uh, Halloween Kills and Halloween aren't the best movies ever, no. but it's just, I, I love them too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of, it's for me. And I think that's what this is to everybody who's a fan of it is just like, you have to really love like horror movies, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So really like appreciate like the making of these movies. That's another genre where we overlap is horror movies. Mm-hmm. The, the horror movies are like. Uh, I think that's why I was so disappointed in Malignant. Yeah. Malignant, oh my. Because it just wasn't scary. Yeah. Like, this is an action movie. It, yeah, it just seemed too thrill, like, suspenseful. Yeah. It wasn't even, like, horror. No, like, not at all. I, I was just talking to my brother the uh, the other day, um, and I was saying all these movies that, like, I watch now. Like, I haven't logged a lot on Letterboxd, like, the past week, because, I've one, I haven't really had time to watch any movies, which is crazy. Because, like, this whole time, like, all 2021, I'd been watching nothing but movies. But the past, like, week, zero time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, in, any movie I did watch, it's just been something I know I love. You know what I mean? Like, I know, like, I haven't watched anything new, I should say. Like, 
like David Cronenberg and like as far as horror, like David Cronenberg is my favorite horror director of all time because The Fly, The Fly is probably one of my favorite movies ever. Pretty disgusting. The Fly or the scene where he infuses with the machine that has nothing in it. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, <sighs> I love that movie. That to is be like honest. seared into it's my like brain because it's like a tragedy. And when you look at it, the last time I watched it was like a couple months ago. But like from the girl's perspective, the journalist, mm-hmm. like it's kind of like she's dating this guy, and and instead of obviously he's coming a fly. Like obviously it's a horror movie, like sci-fi horror. But it's like you see this guy's coming more and more of an asshole, and you see how he's mm-hmm. changing. And so it's kind of like you have to, it's like being in a toxic relationship. You know what I mean? And kind of this guy becoming more successful and, and more like he's ambitious, but he's becoming more and more of a dickhead. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what I got the last time I watched it. But I love the metaphorical, you know what I mean? Like side. I mean, that's every horror movie, but the fly is the best that resonates with me the most. Like I could watch it every, like a million times and get something new from it. And that's, that's why the fly is so like timeless. But prime Jeff Goldblum prime. That's like when he became a sex symbol was that movie. <laughs> the yeah. Jeff Goldblum is so cool. Movies like that is why he can do whatever he wants. And, um, but yeah, Halloween ends is something I'm looking forward to seeing in October because it's spooky. Like seeing a Michael Myers movie gets me into that zone. You know what I mean? What happened? I'm just, I just thought <laughs> about him as Ruxin's dad. Did you watch that episode? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot he was in <laughs> When that. Jeff Goldblum was Ruxin's dad, dude, <laughs> he was like, everyone calls me Ruxin. <laughs> He's like, hello, Rodney. <laughs> hmm. They kept making that noise. <laughs> but at number nine, I believe this is coming out in 2022. It doesn't have an official release date. But I believe it's coming out in 2022. It's directed by Gareth Evans, which for the people who don't know uh, who that is, he's the guy who made The Raid and The Raid 2. He's coming out with a new action movie called Havoc with Tom Hardy. And the synopsis is, after a drug deal gone wrong, a bruised detective must fight his way through a criminal underworld to rescue a politician's estranged son while unraveling a deep web of corruption and conspiracy that ensnares his entire city. Now, if you know me... That shit sounds like porn to me. Because an action movie with one guy, like following one guy, Tom Hardy, in like a Raid 2-esque, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I always say the Raid 2. I never say the Raid, I realize. The Raid 2 is probably the best action movie ever. Like up there with John Wick, you know what I mean? The original one. No, wait. What? And he also made VHS too. The original one too. I remember I I told Amanda, I remember when it came out, remember I made you watch it? I said, you need to watch this movie. <laughs> and it's so not for Amanda, because it's just a, it's just floor, it's like one big survival game, like when you're yeah. fighting waves of enemies, that's yeah. what the game, then you it's fight so a boss cool. at the end. And the last fight of the first raid with him and the brother, and the dude, like, he does that thing, yeah. he's like... You go on that side. You go on that side. I remember Fucking was playing on... light bulb to the throat, <laughs> nigga. I remember I was playing on cable one time when we were living at Dreamy Draw. And mm-hmm. me and my brother were like, this is so fucking this cool. Fucking... Like, the movies like Man, that shit. Really, get me, really get me, like, jacked off testosterone. You know what I mean? 
because we watched Fast and the Furious 6 last <laughs> night. Fast and Furious 6, what happens in that one? That's the one with where he meets Jason Statham. Statham's brother is the villain. The reason why yeah, Jason Statham... Yeah, no, Letty, Letty comes back? Letty comes back Fast and the Furious. And she's evil? Yes. Okay. Amnesia, amnesiatic uh, Letty. That's when Dom... He crashed his car... Into the oh, side of the bridge, the and then and he, he threw through the air and caught oh, her. Ridiculous. Then when they were fighting on the plane, the combo hits. When he oh. picks up the big dude and the rock just fucking jumps in the air. And What's crazy is that this all sounds just ridiculous. It's me. all. <laughs> we said that. We said we don't care. <laughs> and, when you, and the crazy part is you're like, it only gets more ridiculous from yeah. here. The, We're like, on nine. Yeah, they went to space, I heard. This is the one where uh, they shoot the wing of the plane and it starts picking up the trucks. And Tyrese and Ludacris are, like, backwards. That's when they start of the, like, Ludacris and Tyrese never die thing. Yeah, that's their duo. That's the start They're gonna of that duo. They're going to have their own duo. movie. I think... Ty- Tyrese and and uh, Ludacris should have their own movie, like a duo movie. Yes, that, uh, just like a Fast and Furious comedy. Yeah, like let's just stop playing these games, guys. Get F. Gary Grader directed, <laughs> make it a, make it funny. Yeah, I. I but I, back to Havoc. Yeah, Havoc. That looks like it's gonna be a great like just action. Uh, yeah, movie. that's honestly I, that was the uh, comparison. Like shit that just gets you jacked. We're not yeah. here for the story, nigga. Well. I mean, we're here for the story. Like John Wick, I love the story. Yeah. I know people actually. I actually like like Parabellum. I like. I like, I where like intelligent going. action movies. Yeah, ones that are actually like make sense. Yes, and, and that's why. Like fucking uh, what's the one with our dude, Frank Grillo? Oh, Wheelman. Yes. Oh my God. Jesus. That's a masterpiece. Is that a Netflix movie? Like a Netflix original? I, I don't think it's. Is it a Netflix original? I think I watched that movie like four times. That movie is so good. It is. Netflix Did you original. watch uh, Game Over? Is Game that Over, man? Is? is that what it's called? The Workaholics now? movie? No, no, no. With Frank Grillo. Oh, oh, no. Uh, That was a Hulu original movie. Again, actually, it's not a bad movie at all. The acting is good. There's bo- a boss level? That's it. Boss level. Um, I did. I never heard of it. Did you watch it? Yes. With Mel Gibson, Naomi Watts. Mel Gibson Michelle kills Yeoh. it. Everybody kills it. Cause it's um it's a it's not time travel, it's more of a paradox movie. It's about it's like a really elaborate like, Yeah. Like that's not spoiling it because you have to think to yourself like because he keep, it's like Groundhog Day with blowing with action. He just keeps going through the same. Oh, okay. He dies and then he wakes up again, and That's it's like the a, same thing over and over again. This looks like a more action part. Like it doesn't look too sci-fi. No, but like it's not. you know, like Tom Cruise's uh, Edge of Tomorrow. You remember? Yes. Like you know how like he, that's the same kind of concept, right? Edge of Tomorrow is the one where he's the clone, where he keeps on doing the same. Where like. Or no, he has to like if he dies, he yes, has to restart. Yes, yes, you know yes, I mean? that yes. That's not necessarily like a groundhog day, but it's more it's he, the if he same dies, kind he of has along to the same. Yes, it's the same along the same lines. That's why it's called boss level. 
So he's basically, but it's him trying to figure out, like, why do I keep, like, what's happening? He was like, one day I woke up, and this is just what was happening. Mm-hmm. I was stuck, and I don't know why. But the end is a, oh, such a, it's actually a really good, like, heart-wrenching ending. Mm-hmm. I've been watching a lot of, like, like, for me, like, reliable movies that I really love, like, uh, like I rewatch Collateral. Great fucking movie. I love that movie so much. I rewatched Collateral. I rewatched. I haven't seen that in like 15 years, dude. Collateral. Oh my God. It's so cool. Me and my brother watched it uh, uh, together. on It's on HBO Max, I'm pretty sure. He's, that's another reason why Jamie Foxx is another one. It's like you can do Spider Man if you want because you've given us so many good, great, amazing movies. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, Jamie Foxx is is the man. He's Django. Somebody said that. Somebody said they know him. They he, they were like, I'm pretty sure he's the most talented person I know. Period. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely the most talented person probably ever. I think right now in entertainment, he's easily the next to Childish Gambino. He's the next Jamie Foxx. I would say. Yeah, that's the best way I can put that. Because he gave us Gold Digger, and he gave us Ray. You know what I mean? In yeah. the same year. The, it was like the cross promotion was uncanny. Yeah, it's crazy. And the, collateral in the same year. Uh, 2004. And then this dude loses his sister, who you know who he loved to death. And he's still out here working, just like spreading positivity. And he was also in the Miami Vice movie. Don't forget that. Don't Which ever forget people that. People talk about that movie. I never saw the original Miami Vice, so I didn't hate the movie. I got why people hated it, but I didn't hate the movie. I love both, really. I've only yeah. seen like the first, uh, s- like season. Okay. Of of Miami Vice. Mm-hmm. Like just on, so you can get the yeah. Because I love. I mean, I think I was talking that to, about to you. Uh, I bought the trilogy, the remastered trilogy to Grand Theft Auto, and I all I'm playing is Vice City. Like when I'm bored. What happened? I know a dude who looks like a black version of this guy. That's weird. I can't imagine a black version of that dude. Gareth Evans? Yeah. Or Garrett? Or is it Gareth? I think it's Garrett. I think in their land is Garrett because I don't think they use the H. But, um. Because he's Welch? He is? Yeah. He's like a uh, Christian Bale. Yes. Christian Bale. I'm Christian Bale. I'm Batman. <laughs> All right, what's next? What's number eight? Number eight is Pinocchio, Guillermo del Toro. Ooh. So it's going to be like a horror twist on it? Set during the rise of fascism That in book Mussolini's, is actually really good, dude. In Mussolini's Italy, Pinocchio is a story of love and disobedience as Pinocchio struggles to live up to his father's expectations. Should be pretty good. I just bought Antlers on Blu-ray a couple days ago. Still haven't watched it. But... I'm probably going to watch it soon. Probably tomorrow. Whenever I have time. Whenever I'm not tired. But, but yeah, there's really not much to say because you, there's no real news on it. Right. It's just been like... Um, it's just been like rumored he's going to drop it, and I'm pretty sure 2022 is going to be the year. That's what everybody's saying. Even though he just came out with Nightmare Alley, which is a fucking... I love Nightmare Alley so much, and I want to see it again really bad. But Guillermo del Toro coming out with Pinocchio, yeah. and we can already kind of already expect w- how it's going to be. You know what I mean? Because I think it's just the correct. Yeah, that's the right one. The correct uh, 
word I'm looking for is backdrop is fascism in Italy. Yeah. So it's like, like the uh, story is going to take place in something that you never thought about reading the story. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that you're in like, like in the jungle book, pre-world war two. Like in the jungle book is in like world war one, I, I think. Yeah. That's why all of that is happening. Oh yeah. They're doing a, another Pinocchio this year, right? Yeah. From Disney. Yeah, there's going to be, like, a Disney one, and there's going to be, like, Guillermo del Toro's one, which they should do that a lot, a lot more. But, but yeah, that, uh, there's not much really to say mm-hmm. from, from me, but it's Pinocchio. Guillermo del Toro, it's, like, obligatory, I feel like. Yeah. But um, number seven, one that we're probably going to speak on for a little while right now, but The Batman, Matt Reeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one, I've changed my mind on that about, yeah, I changed my mind on that. I wasn't with it at first, and now I am. I've really been with it, like... Because of Robert Pattinson, uh, that's my dude. Robert Pattinson is my fucking guy, and every, pretty much every movie he's been in, I've loved. I've never seen any of the Twilight movies, but pretty much every movie he's in that I've seen uh, is great. Tenet, love that shit. The Lighthouse, love that shit. Good Time, love that shit. Harry Potter, Goblet of Fire, love that shit. So yeah, remember you seen Remember Me? Sad. Yeah. Sad. Anyways, Batman. The the Batman. Yeah. I think it's going to be amazing. I think they found a perv. I was trying to find that guy, but I can't find him. Um, they found the perfect Bruce Wayne. After watching all the animated movies and even watching the first Batman with Christian Bale, that was the closest to the best Bruce Wayne they could have given us, but it still wasn't like Bruce Wayne and Gotham that long. Yeah. That Bruce Wayne. Uh, I mean, it's in the comics, so it's not really a spoiler, mm-hmm. but he fucking loses it. He's never Batman in the show. He's only Bruce oh, that's Wayne. Cool. He's only Bruce Wayne, never Batman. And Bruce Wayne is the one who comes back and drops the crowbar because he just bashed. The Joker's skull in. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. But this one, Matt Reeves. This is going to be a, I was like, they found a good Bruce Wayne. Like You got to show that inner turmoil. Yeah, it's going to be great. You always just say, oh, I'm a hero for justice. Batman's. Batman's fucked up. Yeah. Or Bruce Wayne is fucked up. Everybody knows that in the Justice League. He's an asshole. He's pretty fucking traumatized. That's why they had to give him a son in the comics. Because they were like, this dude is a dick. He has no reason to be nice. His life is just pure sadness at all times. You get your back broken. Y'all, your girlfriends try to kill you. Your yeah. other girlfriend's a fucking thief. Our boy Peter Sarsgaard is going to be... District Who is he? Of- oh, District Attorney Gil Colson. John Chaturo being Falcone. This dude was, oh, this is the bad guy from uh, Green Lantern. <laughs> John Turturro is being uh, Carmine Falcone. Nah, I love the Falcone characters. All right, is this a part of the Harley Quinn-like Suicide Squad universe? No, this is a, its own thing. Like they're a standalone? Yeah. Like, kind of like how Joker is its own thing. Yeah. But I'm really excited for Robert Pattinson. It's going to be great. I want to know who this, how the Riddler is going to go. You haven't seen the Riddler since Batman. Jim Carrey. Yeah. 
you haven't seen it since then, and that's why nobody's done it because it's Jim Carrey. Yeah. Because that Riddler performance. Talking about bringing the character to life that nobody wanted to fucking see. You're like, dude, fucking riddles. <laughs> nobody cares. But you know what? The presentation of his riddles in that movie with the envelopes. Mm-hmm. His performance when he had the the uh, hourglass looking thing on his head and he was like Ugh. he was like <laughs> making those fucking faces and shit. Yeah. I I watched that I watched that movie so many times. My mother bought me the cassette, like the soundtrack to it, because it had "Kiss by a Rose" on it. I don't know any other song on that album. How many times have we sang that song on the podcast? I think maybe twice. <laughs> I there remember doing that. used to be it. I know. I'm like, I remember, I remember doing, doing, that doing it. <laughs> it's like we've done that before. But yeah, the Batman, I'm really excited. You know I'm going to be there. Is it an IMAX? I'm pretty sure it was shot in IMAX. Yeah, of course. But um, I'm going to see it in IMAX. I if- love knowing that IMAX, and I love knowing now that IMAX doesn't mean screen, it means camera. Yeah, it's a camera. Because that's why I was like, Christopher, that, Christopher that Nolan basically one is too made big. that. Yeah, that that. So you, when you say he made that, and after explaining camera rigs to me, is that what you mean by he invented IMAX? Like he built a rig that captured it, looking he like that. He essentially did, like not him himself, but he is he kind of worked with somebody. Yeah, he wanted it, so he kind of got put the pieces together and was like, "I'm gonna make the Dark Knight." And this is the IMAX camera now, with all of this. Stuff. What we know now, yeah. It's so I, cool. Yeah, it is. It's because IMAX is, it, it's something about it. I don't IMAX know what is it unreal. Is. I don't, it's so crisp. That's the only way I can think. It's of It's insane like, how big IMAX is. Like just like scope wise, like how it's like unfathomable. Like how much of IMAX camera can really. What's capture. the closest you can get to IMAX in your home? Like a four K uh, projector. Probably a projector, maybe you know. Well, at least that could give me close to IMAX quality, so I can see it. Was like when we went to Best Buy, would that be close enough? That screen, that probably. Screen? It's just because IMAX is so big; it's damn near like a square. Yeah, but it's like it's so big because back in like the fifties or whatever, they had they had like TV sets that were like a box. That's why movies were in 3-4 all the time because mm-hmm. that's what the size of a TV was. Mm-hmm. And then they went widescreen, and now TVs are the way they are now, Yes, 16 to 9. And But with IMAX, it's just so fucking big, it's bigger than every screen that's available to mm-hmm. us. You know what I mean? So that's why you, when you go to an IMAX theater, it's this huge fucking like building in front of mm-hmm. you. You know what I mean? It's like it's hard to get that like in your home. You know what I mean? That's Even what you're you, trying to do at Tim Peter. Like We're trying to give you the entire picture. Yeah. But the one at Desert Ridge is just seems like they got it. Like somebody figured out like mm-hmm. it's well, not half the size, but it's considerably smaller than the one at Arizona Mills. Yeah, the the one at Arizona Mills uh, at Arizona Mills gives me like chills. It's too is it's so big. Yeah, yeah, and because it's so steep, yeah, it's crazy the seating. And like when I saw the Top Gun Maverick trailer, I was like, oh, I have to see it. Like the, they yeah. got me with this screen alone. It made me feel like they brought up my fear of heights. And I was like, oh, I'm seeing it. it gave me ex- I don't like it because it gives me anxiety. I'm like, if somebody come in this bitch busting, we are fishing a barrel, dog. 
Oh yeah, yeah. The the it's now the Guardians of the Galaxy, but before it was uh the Haunted Mansion. No, it was something else. Have you ever been to like Universal nope. Studios? Mm-mm. As a movie person, you should def. It's just like the you. Do it, they have like it, Fast and Furious rides? Come on, dude. of course <laughs> they do. Of course, <laughs> of course they do, Nate. <laughs> Yes, Fast so, and Furious 6 they the one have with the, the cars just like in the middle of the park like you'll see the Evo in the middle of the park when that movie went fast I went after like too fast too furious the Evo was just in the crazy. middle of the park the Evo is probably my favorite car I have car. pictures in front of those cars <laughs> right now I can pull out a photo that's album. probably a good question to ask somebody like like in a movie like on this podcast if we were to interview a guest like your favorite car from the Fast and Furious Mine would probably be the Evo. Either the Evo or the Silver Skyline from the beginning of the movie. Or the Eclipse from the, the green Eclipse from the first one. I'm going through all of them in my head. I really, I was going to say, the Fast and Furious 6, that's the one with the Plymouth, like the maroon Plymouth with the big spoiler. The red one. I don't think that's the one. That's not the right one. Or is that might be seven? That's probably seven. Are you? T- this, that's the one where Tyrese six is the one where Tyrese goes to the car show and shits on everybody by buying all of the cars Not- there. So I'm pretty sure it might be the maroon. I'm, that's why I'm thinking. I was like, I think I did see the maroon one there. Yeah. This one. This one. The Daytona. That shit's sick. I remember being. I remember I love that car after seeing it. But anyways, um yeah, the, I I would also just to talk about Universal again. Like it shows you kind of special effects. Like you can see that this is the place where that magic happens cuz we went to Halloween Horror Nights, yeah. which is like, you know, a Halloween. So they have seven different haunted houses. And every single Where? last one, this this was in Orlando Universal Studios, but they have one in California. Oh, I'm okay. pretty sure still, yeah. yeah. But uh, Halloween Horror Nights is like terrifying because the special effects are. I'm pretty sure sh- does Universal own Michael Myers rights? I think I think it's Warner Brothers. It's hard, you know. It's hard to tell nowadays. But whatever they own is there during Halloween. That's terrifying, and it's terrifying. Yeah, space, Disney World. So yeah, we have to go to Universal on the pot, do a uh, remote. Hey, coming at you live from the fucking van outside of Universal. <laughs> that'd be fun. <laughs> but um, hiding a bitch. But uh, that's number seven is the Batman. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna be in theaters to see that. But uh, number six, another one where I'm pretty sure we're all, I mean, I'm pretty sure I know we're all excited for is Nope by Jordan Peele. Yup. And there's no synopsis on it yet. All we know is that Kiki Palmer, Daniel Kaluuya, and Steven Yeun is going to be in it. It just looks terrifying. You know what? I can't even. Judging from the cover art, it's a movie about the rapture. It's about people getting sucked up into heaven and then some people get told no. I'm going to guess it right now. You're if I'm right, out right now. If I'm right, give me 50 bucks. 
that could be. I yeah. see that too. I see it with like the kind I, of the trail, mm-hmm. like it looks like a kite. Yeah. 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 Some kind of like a like a kidnapping cloud or something like that. I don't know. I I literally that's what I was gonna say is that I couldn't even guess what it would be about. Mm-hmm. But like Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, Stephen Yoon. Stephen Yoon is extremely underrated. Very much so. He's really cool. And I really wish he was in more movies, but he's such a good artist that I feel like he kind of picks and chooses. Like He's very decisive. He was good in Sorry to Bother You. Yeah. Very Sorry to Bother good. You. If you haven't seen that, uh, sit down with your parents and, <laughs> and just have a family night. <laughs> yeah. And just have a good night. Watch Sorry to Bother You. It's on Hulu. So uh, just enjoy. It's a great fucking movie. Yep. But <laughs> weird movie. To be, to be truthful. It's, the second yeah. half, the third act of that movie. You, oh. are, you are legitimately like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on? Yeah, it gets What weird. happened? I said, when do we get into this universe? And that's when you find out that the setting is a alternate universe you're like oh it's set in like an alternate yeah universe it's, it's very i mean i it's good like you know what i mean like yeah it was pulled off like it was so weird it's but it was Lakeith pulled off Sanfield. so well yeah and that was when i first watched that movie that was when i kind of started becoming a fan of lakeith stanfield mm-hmm. and i was like oh he's my favorite actor and then jermaine fowler killed it yeah uh tessa thompson killed it There's terry a- cruz was in it I love the earring, the earrings that Tessa Thompson. Wears. Yeah, the like it's just big so old... like stylistically, it just looks so cool. So the whole art, movie. he lived. It was such an artist movie. Yeah, Boots Riley. Boots Riley made it right. I want to say. Uh... Yeah, Boots Riley. Okay, cool. Yeah, he's he's who's the uh... cinematographer? Because this is a wonderful shot. Uh, I don't know. To be honest, I don't details. It usually tells you, but... Oh, Hoyt Van Hoytema. Yeah, wait, there we go. Cinematography. Damn. Doug Emmett. Let's see what he's done. Doug Emmett. The one I love. Talk about a weird fucking movie. Have you ever the seen that movie? No, I've heard of it, though. Dude, amazing. Really? Really I've, fucking I, good. Both I've, of them kill it. I really love both of them as actors, too. The one I love. It looks like a Hulu movie too. Uh, it's a, it, it's again that type of genre where you're like, where'd you see him? The, the at the end, you're like, what the fuck oh, is happening? Oh, I was looking at the wrong wrong uh, movie. Yeah, the cinematographer for Nope is Hoyt Van Hoyt. Oh, okay. he's the cinematographer for basically every Christopher Nolan movie. Interstellar, Dunkirk, Tenet. He also did Her. Now that I'm looking at his credits, he did uh, Let the Right One In. One of the best fucking vampire movies ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let the right one in is so good, but yeah, he's gonna do. Uh, he's gonna shoot. Nope, Jordan Peele's nope. I, I'm I'm only saying this again because Menda just walked back in the room. Yeah. So he he the cinematographer also did Interstellar, Dunkirk, Tenet, Ad Astra, Her, Spectre. Still, yeah. Yeah. Nope. Super excited for. It. He announced it. It's coming out in July. But Jordan Peele announced it one year before the release date, which, like, you should. 
One year. If you give me one year. Yes, we were talking about that before we started recording. Great segue, am I right? Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> Way to bring it back. But... Uh, uh, uh. Oh, yeah. So, Jordan Peele announced the release date exactly one year. Or announced the release date exactly one year from it. There we go. And... um. Which is July 21st or 22nd, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, no trailer yet or anything. Yeah. But I believe announcing it one year. Like, if you give your audience one year, that's a perfect amount of time. Like, I'm okay with that. If you say exactly 365 days from when I release this. I'll even give you a two-month grace period. Every Marvel movie, yeah, next year. Yeah, and now fucking... From the end credit scene, next year you will have this movie. Yeah. That was them giving us a drip. That was the, you're addicted. <laughs> yeah. You're, because you know next year we're giving you two bangers. Yeah. Period. Next year we're giving you two bangers. Because what are we getting this year, 2022? Doctor Strange. Yes, Multiverse and... of Madness. Thor, Love, and Thunder. That's right. Thor, Love, and Thunder. So Taika's coming back. Sick. Fucking sick. Who's um, directing? Did I just say he's coming out? Thor, Love, and Thunder? No, the one before that. Multiverse of Madness? Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of Madness. That's going to be cool. Scarlet Witch is going to be in it. It's, it's just going to be... It's, it's going to be uh, visually amazing. Like Sam Raimi's doing it? Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? That's going to be sick. Because we, we, uh, we talked about this in uh, No Way Home. Every, everything that you see in the trailer is not going to be in Sam the movie. Sam Raimi did the original Spider-Man movies. Yeah. And did, he also did You know Scream. that there's also talk of uh, Garfield coming did he, back. No, he didn't do Scream. What am I talking about? He did Evil Dead. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Wes Craven did Scream. Yeah, Army of Darkness is so stylistically we already know. Sam Raimi's so. F- Let's see oh. who's he's, doing. He's he's such a good director. Cinematographer John Matheson. What has he done? Logan. The Man from Uncle is a great looking movie. It is. It's a really good looking. I love movie. that dude. Uh, what's his name? Army Hammer. No, Henry. Not Henry Cavill. Is that his? Not Army Hammer. Fucking, uh, oh, that's not who I thought it was. That's Henry Cavill. I thought it was old buddy from the Kingsman. Oh, Charlie Hunnam? No. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, Ralph Innocent? Not Ralph Innocent. What's his name? Fucking. But Ralph something. Ralph something. I swear to God. It's not Ralph Innocent. Oh, his name is Taron Egerton. Who the fuck is that? The guy who did uh, Rocket Man. Oh, really? I never so seen Rocket Man. He did the Sing movies. Yeah, it's the dude from the. Kingsman. Oh, you're talking about a different Kingsman. There's another movie called Kingsman. Oh no. Or Kingsman. Yeah, yeah, that's Kings. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. But anyways, Multiverse of Madness that'd be cool. No yeah. Marvel movies on my list because those are like, well, we're yeah. obviously all yeah, everyone in the world. That's not a. That's not a. You know, the dude who did December did Detective Pikachu. That's a, a cool great movie. movie. That's a really cool movie. I saw that in theaters. When you bring stuff to life, he did Pan. When is that coming out? Or is that already out? Is that the original 2015 Pan? He did that one. He was the cinematographer for that. Cool. Yeah, this, so this is going to be, I think Multiverse of Madness is going to be 
completely different than what they're even giving us, obviously. Yeah. Because the stuff in the trailer is never in the movies. Like the mm-hmm. Hulk running with them in the final scene of Infinity War. And that's not yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. I remember Did you that. hear about the reason why they did that? No. Too strong. Like if he shows up, he'll he'll win. That'll be the, the we can't give you the sad ending because it's the fucking Hulk. But then he beat Thanos beat him. He didn't have in the movie? all the Avengers there. You didn't have his backup. You didn't have Black Panther. You didn't have everybody. You didn't have the Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. That's where they had to snap her but, away because she's too strong. But Thanos had ended up having more stones by the end of the movie, so Thanos is more powerful too. Very true. I think they say he wouldn't have got the last stone because he would have hulked out before he got to Vision. Because remember, that's what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. He, they were Honestly, trying to get that's to the Vision. only bad part about it, uh, Infinity War. Yeah, is that he's not hulking like, or in Endgame, right? He's just not Hulk. He's not. He's Hulk in Endgame, but not like Rage Hulk. Yeah, that's like that's kind of. He didn't never really fought. He never did strong yeah. stuff. He never did Hulk shit. Yeah. So he, that is kind of whack that he's never done. Like I want to see you. I want to see a Hulk movie. To be honest, yes, but like, they can't. So whack. Yeah. Anyways, but, that's Jordan Peele's Nope. That's number Come, seven. That's number six. six. So, but yeah, uh, now like Jordan Peele is one of the few directors, which I'm going to talk about more. Uh, other directors, uh, the last half of this list. But Jordan Peele is one of the few, especially young directors, like under 45, mm-hmm. um, where like they come out with a movie and it's an event. Like people are like, oh shit, Jordan Peele is coming out with a movie. And it's just insane how good he is at directing, uh, uh, directing horror. Like he's, he, if he, at this rate, if Nope, which I don't doubt it, but if Nope is really fucking good, as good as us and Get Out, he's up there. He's making a name as far as like, Hitchcock level like horror, mm-hmm. but anyways, uh, that's number six. Number five is uh, Babylon by Damien Chazelle. Never heard of that. I mentioned it the last. Babylon thing, you know. Uh, it came, I mentioned it last uh, episode or the other episode with my brother because me and my brother are really big fans of Damien Chazelle. And um, oh, that sounds cool. And he's uh he's the guy who made La La Land and Whiplash and First Man. And all three of those movies are just so fucking touching. It's ridiculous. Like how good every single movie he's made. And especially Damien Chazelle, like however old he he however old he is, like he's just one of those dudes where like you know when you get mad how somebody just is just so good at something. Yeah. And if and you can kind of feel like they're not even trying. Yeah. Yeah, he is like he is trying, but whatever he did to become this is effortless now. Yeah, he's just in the like already he's in the stratosphere. Kind of like a how I look at it like a Timberland how we were just listening to that. Mm-hmm. Like it's like why? Yeah, it's like you literally wonder like how Kanye wh- like what? Like you just got it like that? You can sample like that? Like, it's crazy. Like, that's... Damien Chazelle is probably the Kanye of movies. But he's probably watched m- more movies than we can never yeah. hope to imagine. Because he's just got it. That's then. that's what, how I feel about Damien Chazelle. Is he's just one of those dudes that just gets it. He knows what he's doing. 
like like behind the camera. It's insane how well he can make a movie, and that's why I'm excited for him being able to work with Brad Pitt in this movie in Babylon, and Margot Margot Robbie, and Samra Weaving, Tobey Maguire. Like he's actually gonna have these. If Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone isn't enough, like now he has Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt. You know, like Babylon is gonna be extremely good. And I thought it was going to be a musical again because La La Land was a musical. I thought, you know, he was going to have Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie out here fucking singing. Yeah. Which I wouldn't be mad at that at all. But I don't think it's going to be a musical. No. Maybe I think it's going to... I even want to see it because I think to see something... Obviously, they're going to audio, so there's going to be talk of that. Mm-hmm. To see how that went from silent... How you went from that to thinking sound. So I, I'm ready to... I wonder if it's going to be black and white. This poster this is, cover black, is black and white. white so yeah. I wonder... Maybe not. Maybe it'll transition back and forth. That's a little risky. Maybe. Or no, because... Wait, when does it take place? From probably, what, 1920s? From science... No, 1930s, probably. Because color didn't come silent. around until like 39. Yeah. I think. So from silent films to talkies. And color wasn't even for real color until like... You know, the 50s. Yeah, 50s, 60s. But, yeah, that's Babylon. Uh, oh, to read the synopsis out loud, it's, it's set in Hollywood during the transition from silent films to talkies, focusing on a mixture of historical and fictional characters. So it's kind of like a mix of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and... That's all I can think of, to be honest. Right, and I Man- was like, and, yeah, and Mank. this is Brad Pitt. And so. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Mank. This is they got Brad With Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. This dude watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, that's that's." I'm gonna uh, do that, but in the 20s. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "Those are the two people we." But need the only right reason there. I bring up Mank is because that's kind of the black and white, like Gary Oldman, I and mean, because it was based on a true story, but it was kind of like a fictionalized story. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Kind of like Once Upon a Time. Like it literally, I feel like that's what this is gonna be. Mank is also the same era, so. Ed Wood. Yeah. I knew you. Was, <laughs> yeah, because you watched it at work. Yeah, Ed Wood is, is that. Yeah. So you're telling me there's no part of you that wants to be a part of Hollywood? Because some, even though you know it's shitty, it's one of those things where you're like, I just gotta see for myself. Like, oh yeah, that'd be I just cool. Gotta see. That'd be cool to be a part of that institution. Like to be a SAG director. If I, if I could be a director, if I could deal, be a director for hire. They're like, hey, we got a script. You want to direct it? I'll be like, fuck you. Like, if I could do that, that'd be sick. Yeah. But there's a pros and cons. For me, there's like a give and take to it. You know what I mean? Of course. Of course. Like, if they're like, hey, do you want to direct Fast and Furious 10? I'm going to be like, like, it's hard to turn that down, but it's like, I don't want to make a Fast and Furious 10. You know what I mean? But. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, time travel? Or let me in. They go let fast. And they go let fast enough Hollywood, to go back you in time. Hey, like Dom, we have figured it out. Let me tell you. Okay, let yeah, me pitch. Yeah, we're going. Let, here we go. Let me. Here pitch, we go. Let me pitch Fast and Furious Ten real quick. So here's what something I never seen the past like four movies. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to something like time travel, go to space. They go really fast around the Earth, spin back, whatever. So they can pull it off. We, we, the writers can probably pull something yeah. off. But they go back to that first race where Brian's undercover. And then it's the same set design, same everything, but there's different shots. Han is there. Tyrese is there. For, instead of Tyrese being in Miami. Tyrese was in jail. 
Tyrese was in jail. Oh, so I'm talking. President Tyrese is They're there. There, but in the crowd where everybody's cheering. Yes. Remember the Asian people for, where they had the white Honda Civic. Mm-hmm. Han is in with that those people, and like Let uh, Letty, she's already in the movie. Letty was already there. Yeah, but like you know what I mean. They, they kind of go back and Avengers try to like end game, but end game, but fast too. Fast, yeah, I'm fucking there. I don't need billion dollars. <laughs> Billion, billion fucking dollars. See? Billion fucking Hollywood, dollars. Where are you at? I'm just I'm just I don't saying. give a shit. I'm just saying. I'm there. Opening night. You tell me that Fast Ten has time traveling. I'm definitely gonna be there. <laughs> and then uh and then they go into the then they fuck up with the time travel and then they end up going all the way back, Jurassic Park, Fast and Furious combined. That's where you go. That's the incredible scene. There we go. See a funny moment between Ludacris and Tyrese, and he's like, "You fucked up." And then mm. you hear the T Rex from the original fucking Jurassic Park. I would make the noise, but I can't get people that on this <laughs> pod yet. They don't deserve it. They're not ready for that yet. But uh, but we watched Godzilla last night. Oh my night. god, which one? The the King of Monsters. Oh okay. That was it, right? Yeah, we watched King of Monsters. Him King of Monsters is pretty cool. The one versus Ghidorah. I really love the, the 2014 one. That one's yes, really good. I watched that one on HBO Max too. That one. That's, when the tail comes through the smoke and they. That's do probably the, my Ooh. favorite like monster movie. Yeah, like Cinephiles, y'all can like that movie. That's the best monster movie. Like as for, if you want to get best human story, if you want to give me a CGI fest, give me Godzilla because like it's so good that they don't show Godzilla. Like, they just show you parts, and like you said, it's the human part. Like, it's people going through that whole fucking... Because that's what everyone wonders. It's like, yeah. what about these regular-ass people that are like... Like, what's happening down there yeah. to you guys? And they show you... And all you... you see is the fuck. It looks like almost like found footage where like you see the zooms. Mm-hmm. Like, the camera work is crazy. In it is. Or this... I love this shot when they're in the airport, and Godzilla's foot just slams down... And it just it's just like the size of the window in an airport. It's crazy. Like it looks like the 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 level from Call of Duty. You know the level I'm talking about. Uh, no Russia. No, exactly. The where you shoot everybody. In the, airport. the bottom level where the airplanes are. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, that type of. Is it called transport or transportation? Transportation. Trans not transit. It's the airport mode. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Modern Warfare Two. Yes. The best one. The multiplayer that, in that is that that campaign a, where you're in that map mm-hmm. where you shoot all the people. Fucked up. That's a fucked up mission. Well, they how made, you, Russians don't let... they can't. You can't sell that game in Russia because they're like, what the fuck, dude? Because, <laughs> yeah, that... I wonder if that's still in the game. Like, You know what I mean? Like, If you buy a remastered version. Yeah, like I wonder if you play the campaign. I just played a game where they... It's something like that too. They're like, there's certain things you can do in this game where it's kind of fucked. But you up. know what's crazy is that 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 level's so fun. Yeah, you just get to sh- <laughs> because you separate yourself. Like I'm just gonna mow these motherfuckers down. Yeah, you kill these innocent fucking people. And in then an you see like one getting away. You're like, oh shit, yeah. can't let you go. <laughs> oh shit, can't let this nigga get away. And you just you know they don't let you shoot his kids though because you try. Yeah. <laughs> You fucking try. Yeah, you try to. You try I'm trying to, to bust all you. If you, this the mission, 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to fucking air out the whole place. This shit is about to get aired out. You be trying this little kid running away, and I be like, uh, uh, just don't let you shoot. <laughs> yeah, that shit. That that no Russia scene or yeah. uh, fucking mission was really. But yeah, that crazy. those shots of God. Yeah, I love the. It's kind of like Cloverfield, but way better. Yeah. That that's a good comparison. It's a way better Cloverfield. Yeah. With a, a character that everybody knows. Also, Brian Cranston. Is amazing in that movie. Yeah, that's talking about. A, I was like, "Am I about to cry in the Godzilla movie?" Yeah, that's pretty crazy. How well he he acts in that. Movie. And I like the the other monster. You're like, "Oh, this is about God." It's not about Godzilla just coming through fucking shit up. I, He's fighting something. I kind of want to watch rewatch uh, the new one, the new uh, Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, or Godzilla versus Kong, whatever. That is the that is where they said, okay, they probably. No, this we watched the second one and I told Amanda I said this is where they said fuck the human story mm-hmm. because the monster fight scenes were so fucking good in the second one mm-hmm. that it was like like because they kind of showed the scale of what was happening yeah, now on a planetary crazy. like level you're like Ghidorah is twice the size of Godzilla mm-hmm. and those the the shots in that are like from the human's perspective yeah. inside of an osprey it's crazy and you just see the foot. Boom, and you're just like that. And then the chick gets eaten by Ghidorah for no reason, mind you, because they're running, and Ghidorah's just like, Pow, I'm just gonna eat you real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Not the nigga next to you! Not the nigga next to you! Even though my mouth is the size of a fucking five bedroom house, I'm just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like you. That was the shape of water chick. Oh shit! That was her. They killed her ass. They was like, "You got to shoot this movie, yo. You dead." <laughs> but but yeah. that's that's number five is Babylon, Damien Chazelle, and um, number four is this isn't confirmed twenty twenty two, but I'm gonna say it anyways because I just mentioned his name earlier in the. Uh, in the podcast this episode, uh, David Cronenberg coming out with Crimes of the Future. And the synopsis is, it says, a deep dive into the not-so-distant future in which humankind is learning to adapt to its synthetic surroundings. This evolution moves humans beyond their natural state and into a metamorphosis which alters their biological makeup. With Viggo, Viggo Morgan, Morgan Viggo Morgenstein. Viggo. <laughs> That's not his name. <laughs> I I the reason you know why you I about up, this? yeah you about dude, this you know why I don't know how to pronounce his name is because I've seen Always Sunny in Philadelphia so I say Vigio Morgenstein all the time and people are like who <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce his name Vigio Morgan Vigio Morgenstein that's not his name. <laughs> The guy from Lord of the Rings. (laughs) A man spider. Oh my god. So David Cronenberg. Probably my hero. Kristen Stewart. Oh, that'd be cool. Your goal, Purpopoulis. Purpopoulis. Okay. Huh? That person, your ghost. Perpapalusilis. Oh, Yorgos Perpasapulos. Perpasapulos. Yorgo Perpasapulos. 
No idea who that is, but... No, but I like your name. <laughs> uh, there's another Yorgos there. Yorgos Lanthimos. There's a Yorgos Karamios. Yorgos Lanthimos is a good director, too. Who the... What is, where is that? Where is he from? What is that name from? Yorgos Lanthimos. Iceland, I would guess. Oh. Oh, Yorgos. Is Greek? Oh, because they're Persepopolis. <laughs> what? I don't know. Perpapolis? Yorgos Lanthimos? I think he's coming out with a movie, too, this year. <laughs> Babe. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> that sounds real. That was, the, that was <laughs> our VJ. It's like we're speaking a different language on this fucking... <laughs> That was our Vigil Morgan sign. <laughs> Yorgos Papapoopolis. But uh, if you've ever seen Dogtooth, this has nothing to do with David Cronenberg. Okay. But Dogtooth is a good movie by Yorgos Lanthimos. Another Yorgos, I'm just saying. Another Yorgos, okay. Crimes of the Future. But my brother really likes the movie uh, The Lobster. What is that about? It's basically like, it's like a dystopian movie where it's like you become an animal. Like if you don't find a, a lover, like a partner, then you become, they turn you into an animal. <laughs> And so it's a pretty wild movie, but my brother really likes it, but I'm really surprised he likes it. It just doesn't seem like a movie he would like. Colin Farrell lit. But Yorgos Lanthimos, insanely good director. Um, <clears throat> Dogtooth, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. I don't know what it's playing on, like what you could watch it on, but Dogtooth is really good. But um, anyways, that's not even what we're talking about. Yorgos uh, Perpasopoulos. And Yorgos Karamihos is going to be in David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future. And David Cronenberg is my guy. And Videodrome, I think under this hoodie. I wore this last week. Yeah. My, it's my yeah. favorite shirt. Yeah. And um, if you've ever seen the movie Crash. Oh, boy. My blood boils at that movie. Wait, which one? Are we talking about the same one? Are we talking not the ludicrous one? You're not talking about no. that one. Uh, With uh, James one? Spader. Oh my I might have seen that one too. What a movie. You want me to read the synopsis? Or Rob, read the synopsis. I want to hear Rob read the synopsis. After getting into a serious car accident, a TV director discovers an underground subculture of scarred omnisexual car crash victims who use car accidents and the raw sexual energy they produce to try to rejuvenate his sex life with his wife. Hell yeah. I don't even know what that means. I don't, I don't know what I just said. Omnisexual know. car crash. What? What's it's, omnisexual? It's an insane movie. That's something that uh, somebody left out. It's so Somebody, good. You didn't put omnisexual in LGBTQ your thing. LGBTQO. Yep. <laughs> Y'all forgot the old people. <laughs> Show them your old face. Car, omnisexual car crash victims who use car accidents and the raw sexual energy they produce. That's the sentence that confused me. Like they get turned on by being in a car crash. Hey, okay. <coughs> but that is wild. Yeah, it must They're be one of those Like thrill things. junkies. Like, oh my God, my sciatica hurts. I'm so hard. <laughs> Oh, shit, I fucking crushed my femur. Like, we need to bang now. Dude, that's literally what happens in this movie. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a great movie. I fucking shattered my coccyx. Let me get some head now. Jesus Christ. 
It's a, I love it. I mean, that's what I was talking to my brother about. I was like, when it comes to horror, I'm so desensitized. Like, I need to watch movies like Crash and Titan and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I need to watch these kind of movies because no other horror, like, horror isn't shit to me now. Like, I'm so just like, what, what do you got for me? Like, I need to be this far out to, like, be like, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, like. Yeah, super original, too. Like, nothing, I don't, not that I don't like things being remade or kind of repurposed, but if it's, like, original and something just added out of here, which is David Cronenberg is, like, the king of, that's what I mean. It's just, like, if you can make an original concept, like, Get Out and Us, like, that's original and it's pretty scary. So, like, give me that. You know what I mean? But Crash, super fucking good. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. I don't know what you could watch it on. But right. Uh, let me see. It's probably not even legal. <laughs> but I have it you on watch it on Am- Oh, you can buy it on Amazon DVD. Yeah, I have it on Blu-ray. Yeah. But um That's the only way. Crimes of the Future, David Cronenberg. If that comes out, you know I'm there. I'll you know I'm the only one in the theater. <laughs> yeah. But um number number 3, that was, Crimes of the Future was number 4. Number 3 is Disappointment Boulevard, directed by Ari Aster, starring Joaquin, Fe- Joaquin Phoenix, and I'm I'm super excited because Ari Aster, I want to meet him because I wonder what, like how fucked up he really is as a person because he <laughs> made like or at least how fucked up his life was because he made a uh, Midsommar and Hereditary. But have you guys ever seen, like, the 30-minute movie he made called The Strange Thing About the Johnsons? Why do I know that? that the one right where there, the, right there. Is that the one where the, the son is banging the dad? Yeah. yeah. Where he's, like, basically, like, sexually assaulting his dad, like, that was, harassing his dad? That was the day I knew that the internet was a different monster. I said, this is about to change. I said, everything. You guys seen it? Of yeah. course. That shit went around the internet like wildfire. Yeah. Ari Aster's wildfire. that guy. Wildfire. That, mo- that video, I was just like, what the There's fuck a movie. is happening? Not a video. I'll just say a movie. It's a movie. The Strange Thing About the Johnsons is a wild fucking movie. Wild. But... He did make the masterpiece that is Midsommar. And also Hereditary, I will say, is probably the horror movie of the decade. But he's coming out with Disappointment Boulevard with Joaquin Phoenix. And it says it's an intimate, decade-spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. And I could only imagine like where that could go. Like how dark that can get. And I'm ready for it. I'm super excited because Ari Aster is just... One of my favorite because I loved how like nuanced he is when it comes to like not like the concept, like the stories of his movies, but just kind of like the way he goes about it and like the his touch, his touch on it, I should say. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say with his eccentric ass, you can make any movie because especially something obviously his genre is fucking weird, that's his genre. Because Ari Aster is that, he's like such a good, he's already like a master. He's another one of those people for me, not obviously not for all of film culture, but Ari Aster for me is just one of those dudes who's just got it. 
And because even like Martin Scorsese like talks, they have an interview together. And Martin Scorsese like is just giving him so much praise on like on his mastery on on Ari Aster's mastery, which is like insane to me here, coming from Martin Scorsese. Like, because if Martin Scorsese were to tell that to me, that I would fucking probably pass out. But Ari Aster, he really does have it, and the way he's able to make a horror movie that's also, like I said, original and like touching. Like Hereditary is a very like, it's a family movie, you know. Like, it's a very like family trauma movie, and so and Midsommar is like a breakup movie. You know what I mean? It's it's so. There's so much you can take from Hereditary, and so much you could take from Midsommar, and that's kind of why horror is like one of my favorite genres, is mm-hmm. because it's all metaphor. Then that's like the only way directors, like young directors, could get into Hollywood and kind of give out a message was through horror, through metaphor, through fantasy. Like that's what like John Carpenter did with uh with like the thing or with what he did with They Live. Like They Live had to do with like the Reagan era and and the thing had to do with like AIDS. Mm. And 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 it's so that's the only way you could really get that through. And even like our fucking hero George A. Romero, the guy who invented zombies, the guy who made zombies like, that's why I love Dawn of the Dead so much, the original Dawn of the Dead. That really changed my life because I remember finding out, because we had the Dawn of the Dead, the Zack Snyder Dawn of the yeah, Dead. Yeah, yeah. On DVD with Makai Pfeiffer. Yep. And, uh, you trying to kill my baby? <laughs> you trying to take my family from me? But the Dawn of the Dead, the original George Romero one, that's when I kind of figured out, like, found out about him when I was, like, 12 or 13, I want to say. Like... I forgot what the first one I saw, but Dawn of the Dead, like, kind of there's these mindless people who, especially it being in a mall, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's so, like, material, the materialism aspect of it, and I just thought the concept of Dawn of the Dead, it is genius. Yeah. Like, there's no way around it how yeah. good that fucking I think is. you hearing you say that stuff, I'm like, I never thought, took that from any of those movies. That's cool to hear. Mm-hmm. They're just good. All of those are just good fucking movies. Like, yeah, they are. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, as just a movie, yeah, still good. You still know I mean? just great. Like, the thing, you named all movies. I was like, I had no idea, but those movies all are fucking... Ba- but that makes sense why they're bangers, because it's kind of like you're you're getting a message across. Kind of like music, where it's empty. So it's kind of like, eh, I can live yeah. without it. Exactly, so, yeah. And so, that's like... These have, these have a soul to them. Yeah, there's actual... <laughs> Like feeling to, behind yeah. them, and it's not just trying to make this weird movie. Like, yeah, he's like, I'm trying to show you guys. Like, <laughs> I want you to think. That's artistry. Is like, I'm trying to make you think differently. Yeah, exactly. And so, I'm trying to fuck your head up, so, like hereditary. Yeah. Fucking oh my god. Jesus, it's bad enough you made her like. Um, I don't know what her thing is. Yeah, I don't want to. She wasn't special. She had like a a birth defect. Yeah, I want to say. Yeah, like her face was different. Let's use that. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it is, but it I don't made it made her it anything. changed her it made her character very shy and very yeah. like, uh, yeah, reclusive. So, oh god, just seeing the mom's face is just like it's so. And Tony Collette, she's so good, so good. Like that is like some of the best acting in a horror movie ever. Like, she's so good. But anyways, that's Disappointment Boulevard, and I'm so excited to see it. Um, 
these first three are just <laughs> and you wonder like what awful. what's going on inside his mind you know what i mean yeah. like what is who <laughs> you saw him that's those are the ones that kill Dude, that's people. like looking at a picture of paul thomas anderson you're like you made boogie nights like mm-hmm. you're fucking weird like, yeah like it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> this nigga does ecstasy and writes movies or something like that. But but yeah, that's that just crazy. Boulevard with Joaquin. He Phoenix. did acid at least. At least. At least this nigga did acid. But um, uh, well, okay, Michael well, Gandolfini is actually going to be in it too. Yeah, I saw that. So Michael Gandolfini, R.I.P. I just want a quick R.I.P. to James Gandolfini because he's forgotten legend. I feel like obviously he's Tony Soprano, but he could have been. One of the biggest movie stars ever. Like, Killing Them Softly mm-hmm. is so good in how much of a dirtbag he is in Killing Them Softly. And how everybody thought he was going to be, like, a Tony Soprano-esque character in Killing Them Softly. But he's just this terrible, like, just, like, scummy person. Like, he's not even cool, like, yeah, dirtbag. Like, he's just, you're, like... You're just a dirtbag. Yeah. Like, nobody likes you. Yeah, you're just like, oh, you're disgusting. Like, you're just... Uh, like James Gandolfini, if you haven't seen Killing Them Softly, go watch it. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. But anyways, um, number two, I just want to say this this director is my hero, my true hero, because he made it. We made it. You know what I mean? There's no more a He's passed his a twenty four days, and now he's making his own movie. And I just want to say number two is Robert Eggers' The Northman. That movie looks so good. And, oh my God, I'm beyond excited. And and you'll see why it's at number two, because number one, I'll say it in a little bit. But number two is The Northman, Robert Eggers. And if you know, if you've listened to this podcast, you know how much we talk about The Lighthouse. And just... Off of my knowledge of what I've seen from Robert Eggers, and to anybody else, it's almost like I'm telling you, like giving you like a warning of be careful when you walk into the Northman. Because yeah, you could watch the trailer or whatever, but know what you're getting into. This is a Robert Eggers movie. It's not a fucking action movie. Like you're going into the movie where the same guy made The Lighthouse, yeah, and The Witch. Those are not traditional horror movies they're like barely horror movies to me and um but the northman just looks so good visually for sure it's it's the shot with him where he's just jacked running through the fire as far as like what i've seen from all these movies i just listed the northman looks the best that looks visually yeah yeah it looks like such a good movie like as far as like set design mm-hmm. it looks mm-hmm. so true to it i like the gray hue to it oh that's good mm-hmm. that's pretty smart too yeah but it, anya's in it yeah and so is uh bjork she plays some kind of i want to say she plays like a witch yeah a serious Serious. Okay. Oh. So yeah, the Northman. I'm just beyond excited because I know I'm just gonna drag Rob along. Oh, Ralph Innocent. <laughs> Ralph Innocent, the man. I love his voice. I well, love he's him. been in all bangers, dude. 
He was in a tragedy in Macbeth? Yeah, he was... Uh, I don't even know the name of his character. But yeah, he was in it. You know... I love his voice. Visually, those like... Uh, I saw that he was in The Huntsman Winter War for the audience. He's a great medieval actor. Yeah. The Huntsman, visually, again, is one of those movies. I'm like, oh, people sleep on this. <laughs> My brother literally fell asleep watching that movie. That movie is so... And, like In the, theaters, he told me, he's like, yeah, I saw it in theaters. I fell asleep. It's, it's boring. Mm-hmm. Because it's fucking Snow White. It's I like, you guys are trying it. to make it cool, but it's Snow White, nigga. Mm-hmm. We know. Yeah, Ralph Innocent, he's a great fucking... He was great in The Witch. But uh, he was also, like I said before, he was the Green Knight. Just his voice, it's so cool. Yeah. Like the deep, I don't know, there's just something about it it's so cool. But um, yeah, that's the Northman. I'm just going to, we made it. He made it through A24. And that's why I, was, I think I was talking to you about it. Amanda. What do you mean by that when you say he made it through A24? Like, because I feel like now A24 is bigger than all their movies. Or they've been bigger than all their movies. Like, they're kind of, like, labeled as, like, oh, that's the A24 movie. It's no longer, yeah. like, it's no longer the director's movie. They have an aesthetic, obvious. Like, you can yeah. even, you kind of just assume now. You're like, is that an A24 movie? Yeah, and they, I love, like, they give so many people chances that deserve chances, like mm-hmm. Barry Jenkins and, and everybody. They even bring back old directors. Mm-hmm. And so A24, you have to respect them for, like, what they're doing with the film community, with the film industry. They're, they change the film industry. They seem like executives who actually like movies yeah that's exactly what because they, are. they make entertainment films too and cinema films like they yeah. make they make everything yeah. they make and anything that's all good. good and they're all good they just make anything that's good they don't just produce anything to make money yeah they're trying to make good movies mm-hmm. they care about their filmography of oh wh- how many movies have you guys made oh we made oscar winners and we yes. made these super deep cuts like yeah that's why i always these say that are going to turn into cult classics that's why i was talking about i think i was i talked about it with uh angelo but um how moonlight when it won the oscar that changed everything that mm-hmm. everybody was like oh my like we did oh it was such a win for the people that's why it's so important that moonlight won best picture because it's like oh a24 is really doing this like they're really making, trying to make mm-hmm. great movies, like nothing but great movies, and they still are making great movies. Still are, but it's just they Their have such a films are fucking, you know. They have such a stigma to them now. For me, like I, they have such a like when you attach a twenty four, it kind of makes me like, uh, like really, like I don't know. There's just something about it. So when people kind of grow out of that that's what i mean like yes, when okay. people grow out of a24 you're out of the shadow of a24 yeah and it's kind of like okay you're a director trying to be on your own they pay it's like that's the perfect place to pay your dues it seems mm-hmm. and so robert eggers doing his own thing this one's with focus features which is another great production yeah company. they are they're they're old school too focus feature been around for shit probably before i was born for sure mm-hmm Oh, if they made Phantom Thread, and Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, uh, fucking Focus Features, they make great movies. And uh, Robert Eggers, I'm super excited for The Northman, just because I know it's going to be not, I don't want to say like The Lighthouse wasn't his complete vision, because it was, mm-hmm. but... The Northman just feels like he has, I mean, obviously, this is his biggest movie already. Like, this is way bigger than The Witch and The Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. But 
just kind of see what Robert is going Robert Eggers is going to do with this amount of money. You know what I mean? It's going to be crazy. It's going to be exciting to see. I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. But that's number two, The Northman. Rob, where are we at? We are at... Oh, hour, shit. Hour 14. It's been going on for a while. Yeah, hour almost 15. Um, so number good one. timing, yeah. They're making good time. This is number one. And Menda and, and Rob probably expected this, but Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese. Killers of the Flower Moon, based off the book that I bought a while ago. I actually finished reading it uh, a couple months ago. So good. A great fucking book. I think it's genius how it's wrote like as like a crime novel like a it's wrote as if it was fiction and like a like a mystery novel but obviously it's all hmm. real you know what i mean this is gonna be a good ass movie it's and and martin scorsese like on, and i think i was talking to men about this like i when i started the book i was like i'm like 50 pages in and i don't sense any scorsese-esque things and so i was like i'm really Curious about how he's gonna do it. Can I can I read this dude's? I thought this, but this dude legitimately wrote it, and it sounds like a mixture of like Nate and some other, like basically if Nate was white. Like this is a book review app too. Now I don't know what that means. Just finished this book and prep for this movie, and it was one of the craziest sad books I've read in a while about the dangers of chasing wealth and vulnerability. People have to do horrible things for it. Also, it makes me feel horrible for being white. And how how America treated the Native American tribe. I just wanted to read that part. It also makes me feel horrible for feeling white. It's like, dude, what? You're like, dude, you're all right. You're fine. That's that's what that's like. I get what you're saying. When people have white guilt, it's like funny, but it's like I get it, but it's like funny to me. Yeah. But but I yeah. do get it, but it's also yeah, it is hilarious. Martin Scorsese is this is gonna be a great movie. The greatest living director. You're definitely gonna walk out of here upset. You're gonna be like, damn, y'all fuck them Native Americans up, and y'all that's fucked up that you did that. Yeah, and also there's, I you know what I actually I was talking to some I guess one of the Navajos from here, mm-hmm. and they were talking about Oklahoma and the tribes there. You, they were like. Yeah, they got fucked up. This movie's probably going to start shedding some light on that. Like them, them plains, them plains tribes out there, they really got demolished by them settlers. Mm-hmm. Like they were just riding to the west, like a fucking. It's like the, it's like I just imagine on the map, like just a wave of people, yeah. just like I'm taking all of this shit. Yeah, all of this is mine. Yes, I was going to say that, but people don't know that I watch that <laughs> show, so. <laughs> And that's where my that's where my head was gonna go. It was it. Mm-hmm. But Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese. It's just Martin Scorsese and Leo. Like, what else do you really have to say? You know what not, I mean? Yeah, not nothing really. Like, yeah. And speaking of Martin Scorsese and Leo, a future project is uh, the Teddy Roosevelt, the Teddy Roosevelt biopic. Starring Leo, that's gonna be great too, and and also the other future, uh, Scorsese movie, the Grateful Dead movie that he's gonna make, where Jonah Hill is gonna play Jerry Garcia. It's gonna be pretty good. I mean, any Scorsese movie, I'm just gonna say it's gonna be great. 
So the Killers of the Flower Moon is coming out in 2022. They, st- I remember they announced they started production early in 2021. So it should be done by now. Yeah. So we should be getting a trailer any month now. You know what I mean? It's probably going to come out in December. I bet this movie, uh, Colors of the Flower Moon, is going to come out on Christmas. This movie looks so good. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, time for, was that for Oscars? Yeah, because Wolf of Wall Street came out on Christmas. Um, I think The Irishman came out in November, like Thanksgiving time. But a lot of a lot of Scorsese movies end up coming out on Christmas, so I wouldn't doubt it if this movie comes out on Christmas. So, do you think Leo can break that? Because his pot lock in Wolf, in Wolf of Wall, Wall Street, Street was effortless. Mm-hmm. I said this nigga is fucking it up on that dance floor right yeah, now. Yeah, he's really going in in that part. He looks like he was having so much. You've never seen Leo having fun really like that, mm-hmm. but it looked like he was having like real life fun. Yeah, it's like, are you acting or is like y'all <laughs> really like having a fucking party? Like, was that scripted? Yeah, he <laughs> was like, oh. But yeah, Killers. That's my that's my list is uh of my top ten movies. I love any movie with him in the nineteen. I know people hated Shutter, Shutter Island. I love that fucking movie. I didn't like it at first. It just it's grown on me. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Open ended. That's I was like, I'm I'm confused. I don't know whether I'm crazy or not. Is this nigga that or is he not? Is he crazy or what? So I will mention. Why some was movies. she in the cave? I will mention some movies that either don't have a release date or just aren't in my top ten. But uh, the movies that don't have a release date are rumored to come out in 2022. The first one I want to mention is called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. The Nick. The Nick Cage movie. Nick Cage playing Nick Cage. The synopsis. Oh, that movie. The synopsis is creative, creatively unfulfilled and facing financial ruin. Nick Cage must accept one million dollar a one million dollar offer to attend the birthday of a dangerous superfan. Things take a wildly unexpected turn. When Cage is recruited by a CIA operative and forced to live up to his own legend, channeling his most iconic and beloved on-screen characters in order to save himself and his loved ones. Grocer's Apprentice. Banger. I'm trying to find this movie. Uh, Season of the Witch. Yeah, it's a Nick Cage movie. Literally, a Nick Cage movie. The most Nicolas Cage movie ever. That's what the, the little... Slogan says, "Shut the fuck up." They are making a the division movie. What's the division? Was that a game? Uh huh. Two of them. It was one of the first. Uh, it was like the very first division was one of the first. I don't want to say first co-op, but it was like one of the first games where you supposed to do stuff outside of the game. You remember that game that came out? It was like, oh, you go on the app and you can like raid with your friends and like. It was one of the games where it's kind of like they were trying to immerse you into the world all the time. I think so. The so. game was very popular for that. But I it's, think I um, remember seeing like the cover of the game. I never played it. Yeah, for sure. It, I only I only played the first one, and not even for that long. It was only fun if you had friends. Other than that, it was dumb. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that that I didn't know. The, yeah, the one Nick... that Willie's one. You said okay. There it goes. Yeah, it, it yeah, looks... I saw. It. I'm, didn't we see the previews to that at Licorice Pizza? No, I saw that somewhere. Okay, yeah, I said this movie's gonna be great. 
Yeah, that that movie I'm really curious because I love Nick. We all love Nick Cage. Everybody loves Nick Cage. And so I'm I'm just really ex- like curious of like just the whole movie as a whole. But what was uh, this? Did you watch this? Yeah. That's really good actually. It's really good. But the next movie, I actually have it on Blu-ray. But anyways, the next movie is uh, a movie by Arlix, ah, Arlix, Alex Garland. Uh, he's like a, he's the author. He wrote, you know, he wrote books like The Beach and and shit like uh, other movies like Sunshine and and shit. But the movies he's known for is like Twenty Eight Days Later. Twenty Eight Days Later that he wrote, and um, the movies he directed was Ex Machina and Annihilation. And uh, he's a really he's a an amazing writer, and it seems like he's an even better director. Annihilation is. Probably the best score I've ever heard. Visually. That's one of the best um, original scores for a movie. Yeah. They're probably top five. We it should was have a... so, um, not ambient, not, um, like, it wasn't ambient. It was like, uh, it was real mystical. Visceral. It was like visceral, like very aggressive. Like, it reminded me of the score for Gone Girl with Ben Affleck. I love that score too. But but Alex Garland, I should say, I should get to the point. Uh, he's coming out with a movie called Men, which is about a young woman goes solo goes on a solo vacation to the English countryside after the death of her ex husband. And uh, I'm really excited for it. really anything Alex Garland comes out with because Ex Machina is a fucking sci fi masterpiece. It's so like like how do you describe Ex Machina? It's like such like a it humbles you as a human being. You know what I mean? It kind of like then that that's what I take from it. Am I right? I haven't seen it. In, I haven't seen it since I was deployed. Uh, that was like twelve years ago. Mm, it was just a uh, not weird. It didn't humble. I guess. I guess those types of movies don't humble me because I kind of always been humbled by those types of movies. Like the not you ain't shit, but I mean that's what it does. <laughs> yeah, like dude, just, that's yeah. Those movies in that like a leader battle angel, all of that stuff, like that vein, like they kind of. I always, uh, what's the run like um, identify with those types of movies. Mm-hmm. That's those what I mean, futuristic, yeah. like dystopian, like. Like when I see it, I'm like, yes, like, yeah, like this is how sci-fi should yes, be. Yes, like, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Those types of sci-fi films, like Ad Astra, mm-hmm. like they make you feel this big. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, like, like Chappie. Mm-hmm. Chappie's a great example. Uh, Sector District oh, Nine. District Nine. Mm-hmm. District Nine was another one. That's the same director as Chappie. You can tell. Mm-hmm. You can really see it. But um, but it makes you feel like he also made Elysium too. Elysium makes you feel very human. Elysium makes me fucking just mad when I see it. I remember watching Elysium with Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. That movie makes me so mad because it's about the immigration system and uh, mm-hmm. especially in California, like where it takes place in California. And so seeing how, oh my god, how the they immigration treat. man, and just and mainly it hits me because it's like I know. 
people that go through what Matt Damon's going through in that mm-hmm. movie. And it's just, what is Elysium about? Why have I seen that movie? I know I've seen it. But um, yeah, the, that's yes, yes, yes. The exoskeleton movie. Yeah, and it the it's I took it as a class movie. I mean, yeah, I guess yeah, same thing. Or you can do both, yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I would say both. I didn't see the immigration there. I saw it as like a classism thing, like the links people will go to. Yeah, to for try sure. to make it somewhere for sure. Like the like just because I can see the immigration for sure. Like I'm going for a better life, but I also saw like that movie just like the description was like the chase for basically like capitalism, like yeah. the links you will go to to say. I live on Elysium. Mm-hmm. It's like that's what you're doing all that shit for, dude. Yeah. Like you're fucking yourself up. And it just I remember the last time I watched that movie. It just... And those were the people. And the funny, not the funniest part, the worst part about it was the people on Elysium were definitely the people who ruined Earth in the first place. Yeah. So they were all like the tycoons and these wealthy people who said, "Oh shit, we fucked up. We're just gonna go." We can build a space, which is deaf. Why do you think the space race is happening with billionaires? You're like, this shit about to be fucked up. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to build Elysium in real life. Yeah. That's it. That's all. And and it's Elysium just makes me like. It's such a, it, it is a, makes you angry. Yeah. Visceral. But definitely the, I can see the immigration. I, the, the, you can't come here because you don't deserve it just because of who you are. Yeah. So. The next one uh, that I'm really excited for in 2022 is Boz Lerman, the guy who made The Great Gatsby and the Romeo and Juliet with Leo. He's making a Elvis biopic, and I'm really excited to see that. And Austin Butler, the guy who was Tex from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the guy who broke into the house and he had the gun and everything, he's going to play Elvis. And also, Tom Hanks is going to be in it, too. And so is Kelvin Harrison Jr. We mentioned him on the podcast before. And uh, Boz Lerman, I'm really excited. Like, as far as the style of Boz Lerman, to see, like, an Elvis biopic, I just wonder what that's going to be like. And also, you know what I thought about? This might, I'm not trying to, like, bring it down to, like, this level of, like, sadness or whatever. It's not going to be sad or anything. But I wonder what Brandy would think of it, you know? Seeing, like, a, an Elvis movie. Like, an actual big, high-production Elvis movie. I wonder what that would, like, her thoughts on it would be. I wonder if she would be excited for this, is what I'm saying. But, yeah. And that's, like, when I saw they're making an Elvis movie, I was like, I wonder what Brandy would think. Because it's like, I wonder, would she be mad that, like, Austin Butler's playing? Like, I wonder who she thinks uh, Elvis, uh, who should play Elvis. But I'm really excited to see it because Boz Lerman, he's a really creative uh, director. He's just stylistically, he knows, like, he doesn't really give a fuck. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He's just kind of like, I'm going to make my own movies. Like, I don't give, like, great, The Great Gatsby, so good. Yeah. With uh, Christina Aguilar. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the Elvis movie, I'm really excited to see. Definitely going to go see that. Me and Menda, yeah. But, uh, Bring your lady, my- Sorry, yeah, I said fucking. Yeah. Uh, they're also making a movie, uh, Andrew Dominic, the guy who made Killing Them Softly, the movie I just mentioned. He's making a, um, he's making a movie called Blonde, a biopic about Marilyn Monroe in, oh. tw- in 2022. I hope they paint her, uh, 
in a better light because once you hear her backstory you you actually she was the first uh what do i want to say not collateral damage that you can see publicly mm-hmm. but uh the first like i guess the worst way to put it like the first ran through person in hollywood <laughs> yeah and how that affected her life like terribly how they just threw her around like she was just a piece of meat yeah but it was just like i mean she bagged the president though but she was also like the first thick chick back then you talk about a paul you was like damn <laughs> yeah. like i saw like a picture of her i was like oh she was actually like a bad and she didn't give a fuck either mm-hmm. she didn't really fucking care and that's what i loved about she her. she was the predecessor to like amber rose and all those people like yeah i'm a professional hoe and so, yeah, Marilyn Monroe. I remember there was this one thing where uh, somebody told her, there was like a review, like someone like criticized Marilyn Monroe. It was just like Marilyn Monroe wouldn't, is like, wouldn't look good even if she was in a, like a potato sack or some shit. And then so she was on the cover of Playboy, literally in a potato sack as a dress. And like, she looked good. And so like, I thought that was like the ultimate, like, fuck you to everybody. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, but yeah, Marilyn Monroe, I'm excited to see uh, that as a movie, uh, especially by Andrew Dominic. Such a weird choice. Oh, that's going to be sick. But uh, another one, just these are small movies I just want to mention real quick. Uh, there's going to be a Borderlands movie. Mm-hmm. And Eli Roth. Bobby's been talking about that on uh, Bad Friends for how long? Kevin Hart's gonna be in it. Oh, really? That's the movie he's talking about. Mm-hmm. That's the one he's been going to. Uh, where is it? Brussels, Belgium. He was going know. somewhere in Europe. That's the movie he's that's, recording. That's why he was gone for like two months. Oh, it's that's Kevin cool. Hart. Bobby Lee's gonna be in it. Yeah, Kevin Hart. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is gonna be in it. Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Jack Black. Holy shit! Yeah. I didn't know Bobby Lee was gonna be in that. Mm-hmm. Then I'm more excited. What the fuck? Yeah. Eli Roth. Uh, that's one reason why I knew they were making that movie. It's because he's like, I'm I'm in fucking Belgium or whatever, and I'm shooting this movie with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, Eli Roth is making it. I'm super excited for that. He made that movie Knock Knock with Keanu Reeves. And it's such a good fucking game. I like that they're making movies about games with good storylines. Yeah. Especially like open uh, open world games. Yeah. That's so cool to make that into a movie. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have. Oh, the Bob's Burger movie. They just announced it a couple oh, no days ago. Oh, no shit. Yeah. It's going to be animated? Yeah. Awesome. It has to be. But, um. You never know. They might try to make it fucking. A live action Bob's Burgers? I'd yeah. be good on that, dude. But, but yeah, that's, uh, that's my 2022, uh, list, basically. That's everything I have. I'm really excited. Uh, really for. I'm honest, duh, I'm excited for every single movie, but the David Cronenberg yeah. one really stands out, and so does the Disappointment Boulevard. Yeah. Ari uh, Aster. Mm-hmm. That, that's going to be really cool. But um, that's none of this really matters. That was a pretty good episode. I'm surprised Absolutely. it's this long. I thought it was going to be so cool. Just like the last one, the 2021 rankings. Yeah, that's because you were just trying to get through those. I don't know. Were we tired that day or something like that? It was during the day. and Yeah, it, it was, was something. Just, we were just trying to get through it. Yeah, but I'm surprised it took this long, to be honest. No, but, I, was, I thought that was going to be about right. Perfect timing. But uh, that's none of this really matter. Episode 42. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. Hope you have a good day. Peace. Peace.
Thank you.